And now, as, as the sun sets on San Diego, California, Team Comic-Con unites one last time to record our thoughts, feelings, reminiscences on this convention. Any thoughts from the last day? Ladies. Do you want to go first? Sure. I mean, it was kind of... Um, I didn't really see any panels that I felt compelled to go to, so I just kind of wandered the floor, um, which was fun, and then we got lunch, and then we wandered the floor a little bit more, and yeah. And you saw Stephen Moffat. We did. We saw Stephen Moffat, and he was buying comic books, like 20, less than 20 feet, because I could hear him talking, because I was like, I looked at him, and I thought, that looks like Stephen Moffat, and then I heard the Scottish accent, I was like, yeah. The Stephen Moffat. But we did not approach him because he was with his child, and that would have been weird. But we were just... And because Sai doesn't have anything nice to say. Well... <laughs> 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 um, uh, well, I spent very little time on the con, flo con floor because I just don't like the con floor very much. Um... There's just not a lot, really, that I'm interested in seeing there. So I did spend maybe ten minutes today wandering the floor. Um, and then the lunch side I just referred to was with Alexa Ray Korea, the editor from GameSpot. So that was kind of cool. Uh, she's an old friend of mine. Uh, so we got to sort of get a bit of an update on the goings-on on the game side of things at the con. So that was kind of cool. Um, and then I just had the one press room today, which was uh, Sex and Drugs and Rock and Roll, the new FX show that premieres, I believe, next week. Um, and it looks really great. Uh, so I got to speak to Dennis Leary and John Corbett, which I was really excited about because I love John Corbett. Um, and, uh, shoot, what was her name? Oh, I've already forgotten her name. But the, the woman who played Meredith Blake, the villain in The Parent Trap... Uh, which is one of my my favorite childhood movies and one that my friend and I still watch every year. So uh, Meredith Blake was a big deal for me. Uh, so that was kind of fun. Uh, really cool cast. All of them were really neat. The press room was not super well run, so we didn't get very much time with everybody, but we did get to everybody. Uh, just barely. Sneak, snuck Corbett in right under the wire there at the end, but... Uh, that was really cool. That's one of probably one of the most promising shows that I went to the press room for all con. And a really good way to end it for the press rooms for the year, really. Um, so that's sort of all I did today. Marty? Well, I mean, my day wasn't eventful with any, any major things I attended. But I will say, in wrapping up the week, something that definitely made an impression on me, a positive impression... Uh, were the uh, exclusives at the Comixology booth. Comixology is a, a medium for uh, distributing comics digitally. Uh, they were just recently bought by Amazon, um, and they basically all of the big all the big publishers are distributed through Comixology. Mm -hmm. And they every day of the convention they had um, variant covers uh, done by different cover artists uh, for a number of different titles. And along with that were signings by, um, primarily scheduled were the cover artists, but because it's Comic-Con, uh, writers and, and other people ended up showing up. And just generally, 
the way the Comixology booth dealt with lineups and dealt with moving people through. Uh, they were just the nicest people. So considering they aren't primarily a, an in-person service, that their people were so nice was awesome. And just, you know, seeing uh, a Ms. Marvel cosplayer get to meet uh, G. Willow Wilson, uh, the writer on Ms. Marvel, was pretty awesome. Just to to witness a moment like that. So that'll really stand out for me as creators meeting fans on that level and, and everybody being happy. I think the best part of Comic-Con, like when you go to panels and you can tell that how much it means that they are able to talk to a creator, a writer, or actor or something. I don't know. I'm always happy when those people get the chance to talk to the people that they clearly really want to talk to. Do you have any moments like that? Or any other favorite moments? Um, I don't know. Like, Hall H was crazy, and I kind of wish I... Like, if I, if you ever go to Hall H, I recommend having a buddy system, because I was just <laughs> paranoid that somebody's going to steal my seat, so I sat there the whole time I was there. I didn't go to the bathroom or anything. I didn't go to the bathroom. I didn't get up to get food, so I was exhausted, so I left. But... It was fun, because there was a lot of that. Um, some people were clearly very excited. Just like in all the panels, there's none that stand out, um, particularly for that. But as far as like favorite things, I really liked the Minority Report panel. I'm excited for that show. Um, we watched the first 20 minutes, that was good. I want to watch the other 20, 30 minutes of the show. Um, and yeah, Hall H. There's just so much in Hall H, I can't remember. But there's a lot of exciting movies and TV content coming out. Awesome. I only went to two panels all <laughs> Comic-Con, uh, so I didn't have a lot of fan encounter things other than the occasional press person behaving perhaps a little unprofessionally in terms of letting their fandom through, maybe a bit more than they should have, um, but the one, from from the two panels I did go to, there was this one moment at the, of all things, Backstreet Boy panel, <laughs> um, where the non-Backstreet Boy, Joey Fatone, who claimed there was never any rivalry, and that is why he's in this zombie western that Nick Carter is writing, because we live in an alternate universe. We live in an amazing we universe. We live in an amazing universe. <laughs> um, Joey Fatone, who actually really impressed me, I thought he was very charming and very funny, uh, during the question period, a girl got up, and she was all decked out. I don't know who she was dressed up as, but she was definitely cosplaying. And she, she says to Joey Fatone, I just want to thank you because when I was 11 years old, you spent extra time at your concert reaching out your hand to make sure that you could touch my hand. Um, and, like, went, went like, sort of lingered longer than you needed to so that you could, so that I could reach because I was too small. And I just wanted to thank you for that moment, just now that I get to talk to you. And Joey Batone, like, got up, and he got out of his chair and went down, and he, like, gave her a big hug, and she, like, started to cry. It was a whole thing. Which, like, that's a really intense thing to have, feelings to have about Joey Batone, but, like, at the right. same time, it was very sweet, and it made me like him more, though I will never be an NSYNC fan. I'm a fan of anyone in my Big Bad Creek wedding. See also John Corbett. So, <laughs> full circle. Uh, so that was probably my standout fan moment. Um, just because I didn't have very many. But yes, it was for Joey Fatone. So, there you go. 
We're learning so much about you. About me? <laughs> that that was your number one fan moment. That was the well. That was literally the only <laughs> fan moment I saw the entire con. Just That's because. Fair. Well, that and there was a guy who was like really into Scooby Doo at the Scooby Doo and Kiss panel. That and Steven Simmons is a fan of me, but that's, <laughs> <laughs> I just didn't really witness very many. So that's my that's my one example. But yeah, does anybody else have any like wrap up thoughts? I think uh, it's it's interesting how how much of Comic Con isn't really comics. Mm-hmm. You know, coming for that. I mean, there was there was a fair bit of that, but. Like, you really get the sense that it's it's so much more. And, like, not necessarily in a bad way that it's not just comics, but you really get the sense of, like, the fan explosion and the sort of the, the amount of ownership fans feel about stuff. Like Joey Fatone. Well, it just comes back to him and John Corbett. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there was a lot of, like, I feel like um, we not doing being really invested in the Star Wars panel, sort of. I feel like that was a thing that people were really excited about that we sort of missed a little bit this weekend. It was amazing because they got a free concert afterwards that they were all just let out and they got to go to, like, a concert and the cast was on stage and they played the Star Wars music, like, the soundtrack of Star Wars, and they all got free lightsabers. Like, apparently they had had a lot of fun. I talked to people who went to that and they had a blast, so. I know. I mean, I just saw Twitter was freaking out. Yeah. That Han Solo, so that's sort of, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't know, I was kind of surprised by, I spent years kind of enviously stalking Comic-Con from a distance, <laughs> like, looking at the trailers when they come out and seeing clips of the cast, um, and I guess I thought Comic-Con I would get more being there, um, I mean, there was certainly some excitement about being the first people to see the new Batman versus Superman trailer, or... Being, I mean, some of the smaller panels, you know, you're closer to the people, and I, I get what's exciting about that, but really, if you're at home, you get all the content, so I guess it kind of surprised me how, um, I don't, I guess I just thought they'd give more content, and like, for the Warner Brothers panel, they had so many movies in their time slot that for Suicide Squad, the cast literally came out sat down, waved, and then went out again. Mm-hmm. So I feel like they were trying to cram in so much movie-wise for the big panels, whereas like the comic book experience, I thought that was cool how you're talking about how accessible the um, the creators were to the fans. Oh, and for I, sure, yeah. Yeah, I feel kind of... it would It's impossible because of the scale of the movies and TV, but it'd be cool if they were slightly more accessible then. We'll be here for the signing, and you have these massive lines for autographs and... Mm-hmm. I don't know if there's a solution. It just sort of struck me the difference in yeah. our experiences. Almost like there are too many movies and TV shows that come now. Because there are so many, there's no room for the sort of access that, um, at least theoretically, they used to have because it was specifically the niche films. Yeah, and if they, they would go to the floor for questions, and you'd only get five or six maximum sometimes less if they had a huge cast, and it was just sort of, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. No, I get what you're saying. Um, I, I, because I was in the press rooms the whole time, I had a very different experience, and it, it, um, it was really cool for me personally, but it, I didn't feel like I got the con experience the way that a con-goer would, 
Yeah. Um, so I can't really speak to the what San Diego Comic Con is like for a person who just get a couple of friends who have like geeky T-shirts <laughs> and like get on a subway at rush hour. And I think <laughs> I think you'll pick up most of the gist. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, I don't want to do that. Uh, no, don't blame you at all. <laughs> all right, any more wrap-up thoughts, or shall we call it a day? Let's call it a con. A con! <laughs> That's it, everybody. Thanks so much for listening, and be sure to check out the site for the rest of our con- all of our written content. Ooh. All right, talk to you later. Bye.